Welcome in to the newest episode of the Hoth Hangout Podcast. Glad to have you all here with us, joining us for episode 69 of the podcast, where we're going to be talking uh, mostly all things Bad Batch, as we are now officially less than a week away from the premiere of the third and final season of the uh, the show that we've grown to love over the past few years in the Bad Batch. Uh, super, super excited for that. I'm going to be breaking all that down today. Uh, before we get into any of that, I want to do give you a reminder that if you're not yet subscribed to the Hot Hangout YouTube channel, definitely check us out over there for the video version of every podcast, as well as our reactions to new Star Wars shows, uh, especially The Bad Batch, which we will be releasing separate videos over on the YouTube channel for uh, in the coming 12 weeks or so. We're super pumped to get back to some reactions as well. Additionally, you can contact us via email at hothhangout at gmail.com. If you have any Star Wars related thoughts or questions, uh, we'd love to showcase them here on the podcast and discuss them as well. Additionally, the Hoth Hangout podcast is findable wherever you get your podcasts, including Spotify and Apple. And if you're listening on a platform that allows you to leave a review, uh, leave a five-star review on the podcast. We would appreciate it. And it does also allow others to more easily discover the podcast. So uh, we appreciate you for, for doing that. Additionally, the Hoth Hangout podcast is findable on all the socials, whether it be Instagram, TikTok, or X, at Hoth Hangout on each of those. Um, a little bit of a teaser of this week's viewer question is, will Clone Force 99 survive season three when it's all said and done? Will they be, will they be intact? That's the question. Joey, that's a question I'm going to pose to you probably today as well. But before uh, we get into some of the details, what's going on, man? How are you? Happy Pretty Valentine's good. Day, by the way. Yeah, happy Valentine's Day for those that are, uh, or happy Singles Awareness Day, depending on yep. uh, which side you fall on the uh, spectrum. But, uh, but yeah, it's uh, we're we're recording on Valentine's Day today, and yeah, it's it's been a good one. And I mean, you and I are rocking the black shirts today. I didn't realize we were matching. Yeah. I I. I appropriately i'm wearing my bad batch shirt but uh we want to give a little uh shout out to your cool little shirt as well kit, kit fisto bump kit fisto bump <laughs> i love it and i did look up i think the other jedi on here uh on this side is his padawan who i believe is named is not nadar veb oh i remember yes 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 yeah mm -hmm. i think he had a, a tragic ending hopefully that's, that's not a right. spoiler to, to anyone but yes yep Rocking the rocking the Star Wars merch. By the way, uh, check out this this gift oh. I got recently. Oh, we got the Valentine's Pepto Bismol Ahsoka. I like it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the 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 Valentine's Day themed Ahsoka. Kind of fun. I love it. Thought I'd thought I'd share that as well. So, um, yeah, we're 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 pretty excited about the premiere of of season three, which is again officially less than a week away. Um, I'm really excited, by the way, as a side note, to get back into watching these episodes with you. I feel like it's been, I guess Ahsoka was the most recent show that we've been able mm -hmm. to watch together. Excited to get back. Uh, it's going to be, this to one's going to be a grind, though. It's what's 14 weeks or whatever of uh, yeah of content week after week. So it's going to be fun. Yeah. Uh, they're shorter episodes as a as a, in comparison to Ahsoka, but still it's going right. to be, it's going to be Star Wars. We're going to love it. Yeah. Well, especially next week's going to be a grind because the first three episodes all come out on that same. So we're going to be watching like over an hour of Bad Batch, which mm -hmm. I'm not complaining. Not don't get complaining. me wrong. It's going to be fun. <laughs> <laughs> which also, before we get into our news segment today, I should give a reminder to everyone. Um, we're not 100% sure what the exact release schedule will be in future weeks in the next like two or three months about the podcast. But we do know next week um, the podcast will come out Friday morning rather than Thursday morning. And then the uh, reaction to episodes one, two, and three of season three of the Bad Batch will probably be available no later than early Thursday morning, uh, potentially as early as late Wednesday night, but probably early Thursday morning. So uh, be on the lookout Thursday morning for not episode 70 of the podcast, but our reaction to the first three episodes of Bad Batch. And then episode 70 of the podcast mostly talking about the Bad Batch, will become available Friday morning at 11 a.m. Eastern. Thought worth mentioning that uh, off the bat, too. But uh, before we start talking about a lot of the Bad Batch info we've got for uh, you all in store today, a couple of pieces of news that we got over the more recent days. 
was that Ubisoft, the creators of the upcoming game Star Wars Outlaws, revealed in a recent announcement that they are going to reveal more <laughs> about this game in a future announcement. So, like, kind of announcing that we're going to announce something, which I guess is exciting in the sense that this game is one that I know a lot of people are excited about, sort of an open-world, bounty hunter-centered uh, Star Wars game. And, again, this game I don't think is coming out this year, as best as I understand it. Uh, but this game, along with uh, Assassin's Creed Red, which is also a Ubisoft-owned uh, property, will be there'll be more information available in May about three months from now. So um, not a ton right. of news to this other this, than the fact that it is coming. This reminds me of how Apple does their announcements where yeah. they're, <laughs> yeah. they're going to have an announce. They announce when they're going to announce the next thing that they're going to announce. So yes, not a ton of news here. Um, I would be shocked if this game came out by the end of this year, but I mean, the way they dropped this game at all, um, as far as the, how they dropped the trailer and shortly they, thereafter gave, like, I forget if it was 8 or 11 minutes of gameplay shortly after last year, um, it would be a pleasant surprise if they did somehow pull off, like, a, a holiday type of release here. Because here's the thing, why would you announce something in May if it wasn't going to, you know, have, like, this announcement for right. the announcement in May if you weren't going to do anything that year, you know, so that's, that's kind of my hopes. That's the, um, maybe the, the, the underdog, uh, uh, bets coming off of your, Oh, by the way, congratulations on your Kansas city chiefs win. Uh, we, we, Oh yes. To, uh, yes. <laughs> glazed Shout over out that. to all the other chiefs fans out there. <laughs> right. Yeah. So maybe, maybe they, and I believe the chiefs were the underdog, um, of that they particular were. game. So, yep. Maybe the Star Wars Outlaws being released this year will be the Kansas City Chiefs of uh, 2024 gaming. So, I, yeah, I, I would, I would maybe put a small bet that maybe they'll have something by the end of the year, maybe a holiday release, but uh, nothing too crazy. That'd be fun. I hope so. This game, along with um, Star Wars Eclipse, which mm -hmm. I feel like we don't we we know far less about than Star Wars Outlaws because I don't think Eclipse is even supposed to come out for like years now or was something like that. Was that the one that? that was the indefinite? No, that was the Knights of the Old Republic, right? It wasn't the the remake of that? That's kind of like indefinitely, right? On That's pause the one or that something. was on pause. Eclipse was the one that 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 trailer randomly dropped like almost a year ago. There was that guy banging that drum. Mm, yes, yes, uh, yes. And I think it's made by the same studio. I don't know if you've ever played Detroit Become Human. I've seen but it, but never played it, yeah. It's like a super choice-based driven mm -hmm. game. So like the choices you make impacts the story. There's different outcomes in the story. So it'd be kind of cool if this mm -hmm. new Eclipse game, which is probably years and years away at this point, <clears throat> is that same style. But yeah. Anyways, Star Wars Outlaws, uh, we will have more information on in May and <laughs> hopefully will potentially be coming out this year as well. But we'll find out in three months. I'm, I'm guess. hoping for like a huge May the Fourth just, just bombardment of everything. You know, <laughs> yeah, that'd be that'd be pretty nice. Maybe some Tales of the Jedi in there too. Yeah, Who knows? That's part of it. Yep. The the other main piece of news that we wanted to cover this week is, of course, for all you prequels fans out there, it is the 25th anniversary, if you can believe that, of the Phantom Menace's release. Back in 1999, when we first set our eyes on young Obi-Wan, Liam Neeson as Qui-Gon, and of course, uh, Darth Maul as the villain who we thought would be taking over the franchise, only <laughs> to be shortly thereafter sliced in half by good old Ben Kenobi. So yeah. he really got cut short uh, there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's got he's got dad jokes all episode. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, episode one, The Phantom Menace, will be re-releasing in theaters during, I think starting on May 3rd, actually, but uh, on May the 4th weekend. That, to, to mention another thing coming out this weekend, uh, if you're interested, you've ever had family members who have never seen episode one of Star Wars, make a trip out of it. Go to the theaters that day, dress up in your uh, Darth Maul and Padme Amidala cosplays, and go check out Star Wars at your local theater. Uh, on May 3rd or May 4th. It's going to be a fun weekend. And it's hard to believe it's been 25 years since this came out, too. But 
excited excited for that weekend a lot to look forward to you gonna you gonna check this out in theaters or you... i think so yeah i don't think my wife is particularly interested in going to this one we did go what was that last year to the return of the jedi mm. um when it when when it was back in the theaters for i forgot if it was for the weekend or 40th anniversary for the, last yes year? that's correct yeah <clears throat> but i forget if we went i forget how long it was out but yeah we were we definitely went there and it was a lot of fun um, she does like the original trilogy a little bit better than the prequels, so I don't, I don't envision her coming meet with me on this one. So maybe me and a couple of buddies will uh, make a trip out of it, have some fun, and uh, you know, bring our lightsabers and everything. It's fu- it's funny. Star Wars now has just like a built-in system for re- re-releasing movies. Like every five years that a movie has an anniversary, it can be like, oh, it's the it's the fifteenth anniversary right. of Revenge of the Sith. Oh, it's the thirty-fifth <clears throat> anniversary of. Of Return of the Jedi, right. it's like you could just continually re-release these movies every five years for each of their anniversaries, and we will still continue to go every time. And I'd like yeah, to mention yeah. the uh, the poster art for this super cool, very cool, very updated. I mean, you've got Anakin like way small there in the middle, and then you know as you get bigger and bigger with Qui Gon and Obi Wan, Padme. I love how they put Padme where she they put her. Because I feel her role is very important, but um, but then of course you got Darth Maul like kind of overshadowing everyone. G- gives me the the vibes of the um, was it Rise of Skywalker with the Emperor in the background? Yes, yeah. yeah so it yeah. kind of gives me that same types of vibes with that. But he was a little bit more obscure in the background, if I'm not mistaken. Where yeah. where Darth is... Maul is pretty, yeah. He's very red clear. and black and yellow yeah. eyes. You're, you're gonna see him. <laughs> Hard to but, hide but, his visage. Yeah, and with the uh, just kind of like the overall color of the poster is beautiful. So, yeah. might need to pick up this poster somehow. Yeah, maybe they'll be giving a, giving them away at the theatrical release. Who knows? I would I would like to think that might mm-hmm. be a might be an option. the The Tatooine Horizon really mm-hmm. I like with the buildings looks really awesome, especially too. So, um, Phantom Menace coming to theaters near you in about. Three less than three months time on May third, it will re-release for its twenty fifth anniversary. Be on the lookout for that. Uh, coming off of last week's episode, where we talked a little bit about Asajj Ventress after we both read the Dark Disciple book and had some discussions on our thoughts uh, regarding the character of Asajj Ventress, we did have a comment from Avasuvi we wanted to share as part of this podcast. Avasuvi says. What can I say? I read a lot. Many thanks to Ben and Joey. Your discussion was comprehensive and enjoyable. No notes. Plus, both me and my man have injured backs. He slipped on the grass while carrying a new washing machine. Uh-oh. Oh, no. Uh, best wishes to both of your backs. Uh, that sounds very painful, actually. Um, sorry that happened. But I was sitting in a weird position to trim my toenails when I unfurled. Oh, no. Suddenly in agony. Getting old, it's an adventure. <laughs> oh, dear. Rest up, well, Aunt Vesuvi. Rest up, yes. We uh we hope Advil and uh heat compresses are yeah. your 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 uh, friends. Uh, ice now, heat later. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> uh we wish the best for both you and your man's backs. Uh hopefully you're you're getting uh, back to a hundred percent soon. But uh yeah, last week was a fun one. We got a chance to discuss a lot concerning the character of Asajj Ventress. I'm sure we'll touch on it a little bit today at some point, uh in our discussion of you know, what we're looking forward to in the Bad Batch next season, which is also uh, what we asked over on the YouTube community tab, as well as on X for our polls last week. The question being, how will uh, how will they bring back Asajj Ventress in Star Wars Bad Batch? The options being back from the dead using Sister magic or in a flashback scene. Uh the overwhelming majority, in fact, 100% of people on Twitter said it was going to be by magic, and 71% of people on YouTube said that it was going to be by magic, the other 29% saying it was going to be a flashback scene. Is there a third alternative in that <clears throat> she's actually just alive in this timeline and she was yeah. never dead? That, I guess that Could is, be. yeah, that, that's the uh, none of the above uh, option that we, yeah. we, we uh, <laughs> did not put in the options. Yeah, I mean... Whatever, bring her back. However, they're gonna do it. I have no problem. I don't. I wouldn't even mind if somebody said somehow Ventress has returned. You know, something. <laughs> I, 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 if they did that, that would even be better. 
Poe po Dameron makes like a 20 second cameo. And Oscar Isaac is like, I'm here, guys. I got my line. I got you. Yeah, he was he was uh, signed off for a contract to, to have one more line in Star Wars. And that was it. Yeah. Uh, be on the lookout over on the YouTube community tab as well as over on X for this week's polls as well regarding uh, our question leading into next week's premiere of The Bad Batch. So the majority of our discussion today uh, is going to focus on more so the characters of The Bad Batch than the actual retelling of the story because we didn't want to just simply do kind of like this is what happened in seasons one and two. So I know there's probably people listening to this right now that might be interested in something like that. So what we figured we would do as a compromise, um, I'm going to give my two-minute synopsis, one minute for each season of The Bad Batch. I'm going to see if I can do this in this two is, minutes, Joey. This will be a world record, um, any type of discussion that ben has had a <laughs> recap has never ever gone under eight minutes <laughs> i tend to go long on my explanations and ramblings so if i can get this done in two minutes it's going to be right. probably the most impressive part of today's podcast perhaps so um are you ready Joey? i am ready I, i'm, I'm, I'm not, looking at the time here i'm gonna i'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna see i've got my at. notes in front of me i'm not gonna veer i'm not <clears> gonna <throat> add any ad lib or side comments okay. i'm just gonna run right through it all right let's all do right. it the recap in two minutes or less of bad batch starts with season one where the bad batch is reinforced reinforces Deepa balaba and kanan jarris order 66 happens hunter and crosshair begin to have conflict they meet Omega on Kamino, where Tarkin arrives and orders the Bad Batch to kill Saw Gerrera and the Rebels. Bad Batch then leave Kamino without Crosshair, as Crosshair leads soldiers to complete Tarkin's mission to the Bad Batch. Omega is almost captured by Fennec Shan, but the Bad Batch res meanwhile, the Bad Batch rescue a Rancor named uh, Muchi after receiving the mission from Sid. The Bad Batch race the Martez sisters for the tactical droid head for intelligence, which the Martez sisters eventually get uh, as a result of Hunter giving it to them. Rex is the client the uh, Martez sisters were working for. Rex then helps get the inhibitor chips out of the Bad Batch's heads. Meanwhile, Wrecker goes crazy in the process, but they all get their chips out in the end. Crosshair is then ordered to kill the Bad Batch, but gets burned and is unsuccessful. Cad Bane then kidnaps Omega. Phoenix Shan and Cad Bane face off. It's later revealed that Cad Bane is working for Lama Sue and Phoenix Shan is working for Nalase. Omega helps pay off the Bad Batch debt by getting good at Dar Jarek. Hope I said that right. Bad Batch helps the Twi'leks on Ryloth, including young Hera. Hunter allows himself to be captured to let the others escape. The Empire then cancels contracts for cloning. The Nalasu is taken into captivity. Begin cloning research for the Empire. Crosshair then betrays his squad troopers, but still doesn't return to the Bad Batch. Admiral Rampart then uh, bombards Topoka City, where Season 1 ends and Season 2 begins. The Bad Batch are sent to steal Dooku's war chest. Tech, Echo, Omega meet Romar, a local hiding from the Empire. Bad Batch escape, but the Empire becomes aware that they survived the Topoka City bombardment. Commander Cody and Crosshair are sent to free formal Imperial Governor. Crosshair kills the current Governor. Commander Cody and Crosshair are then... Oh, wait, I already read that. Sorry. A race on uh, Tatooine, which is basically just the Phantom Menace. Bad Batch joins with Fee, find the, finds a crystal card called the Heart of the Mountain, nearly a massive explosion before being able to return the crystal and prevent it. The Bad Batch help a Wookiee named Gunji return to his tribe. Admiral Rampart then asks the Senate to retire the clone army. Senator Chuchi tries to help clones. The Bad Batch rescues Chuchi as a result of her almost being assassinated. Palpatine turns it around on Rampart and has him arrested. Echo stays with Rex and Chuchi to help with assisting the clones. A couple on, uh, there's a couple of side mission episodes. Then Lama Su discloses Omega's existence in exchange for his freedom. Crosshair and Mayday are out in a blizzard. Mayday is injured and trying to recover cargo. Lieutenant Nolan tells Crosshair to leave Mayday. Crosshair then kills Lieutenant Nolan in an act of defiance. Bad Batch help evacuate Fee's planet of Pabu. Echo returns to the Bad Batch. Crosshair then escapes custody and warns the rest of the Bad Batch. The Empire's after Omega. Saw's group sets off explosives that leave the Bad Batch stranded in a rail car. Tech then sacrifices himself to save the rest of the crew. Sid ultimately betrays the Bad Batch. Dr. Hemlock then uses the Bad Batch as bait to capture Omega and brings Omega to Mount Tantus, where it is revealed Dr. Carr is a clone who is Omega's sister. Whoa. How did I do? <laughs> Three minutes, 
Oh, I went over. And about <laughs> 10 seconds or so. Man, hey, but you got to admit, that's like that's... the most concise I've ever been on this entire I know. podcast. Well, thank you, everyone, for listening to this <laughs> week's episode of the Hot Hangout Podcast. That's funny. Um, Good job. So that's, if, anyone says, if anyone says we didn't recap season one and two, just, <laughs> just listen to that on 0.5 speed. You'll be fine. Uh, yeah, so. There's a lot that happened basically in seasons one and two. There's a lot of kind of episodes that you and I colloquially referred to as these side mission episodes. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm actually doing a rewatch of the Bad Batch right now, and nice. I, I'm almost done with season one. Um, and actually, I, my, my girlfriend kind of is into it right now too. Nice. We've been watching it together, and uh, she said she hates Crosshair. By the way, <laughs> nope. and I was like, that checks out. I was like, and she said Wrecker is her favorite. And I was yeah. like, you, I, you and Joey have the, have the same <laughs> favorite character. And and you hate my favorite character. So. <laughs> hate's a strong um, word. Everybody hates. Yeah. Not you. She, she, she hates Crosshair. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but she also said for me to say that she's enjoying the show. So Good. Um, where would where would you like to start in terms of characters <clears throat> that we'd like to talk about uh, as we kind of approach season three of the Bad Batch? You know, um, who are you the most excited to learn about, or do you want to just kind of go down the list? Yeah, let's go down the list here. I mean, we could definitely start with uh, with the leader, good old Hunter. Hunter. We have to say each of these in an Australian accent, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> um, what what is your what is your favorite part about Hunter as a character? Because I think. I think for me, I'd probably just have to say he's kind of the rock of the group. Mm-hmm. You know, he's he's the voice of reason oftentimes. Um, I think you've even seen growth in him as a character. I think early on it was like sort of just this state of confusion. You know, what is happening? The, it feels like the, uh, you know, the Republic has betrayed us. All these clones were, you know, killing Jedi. And you kind of see the progression of Hunter as a father figure too. Right. Early on, he's like, how do I just get Omega to a safe place? And eventually, it's like, how do we protect Omega at all costs? Right. And so, yeah, yeah. for me, yeah. you know, that's exactly the, the my favorite characteristic of him is understanding his role as kind of the dad of the crew, especially to Omega, and how he, how, how he leads, honestly. You know, I mean, he kind of leads with a, a a true heart i don't know if that's like an actual thing but it it feels like it's <clears throat> you know with with the 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 best intentions at mind at all the times you know um although he is a clone and obviously with you know what has happened to all the clones with the inhibitor trips and all that um and i forget he, did they have to remove his as well yeah like yeah. It, as part of the first season is it was that I actually what? just watched that episode yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I mean, you know, through all of that, and um, I don't know, like, and that's what's what's so great about these these uh, clones is that they are very much different from all the other clones because of this, you know. So, and he is the embodiment of, you know, what because he's kind of the the most, yeah, the, the the leader. He's you know he's truly the leader of this crew and is able to. And, and as as wild as this crew is, I mean, if you look at them, they're 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 all all over the place. You know, he reminds me. You know, he reminds me of Phil Jackson. Remember how Phil Jackson had to have <laughs> Pippin and Jordan, and then like Rodman. You know, yeah, I mean, the, the, yeah. all these great characters, Kobe and Shaq, and you know, so you just have these big personalities. He's able to wrangle them in, and they listen to him. That's the thing; they listen to him. You know, because they 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 go they look to him for that leadership. So. Um, I think that's probably my favorite uh, characteristic of of our boy Hunter. Hunter, we should do a special, uh, by the way, for all our other, you know, compadres who are also uh, basketball and Star Wars fans, as simultaneously as you and I are. I know that's probably <laughs> like not a huge amount of people who listen to this podcast, but uh, we need to do an episode where we're like this. Star Wars character would be this basketball Oh my gosh, player. that would be so fun. <laughs> that would actually be really fun to do sometimes. Yeah. But but yeah, I think you said it all with Hunter. Um I don't know if we said this or not, but we do have this like little kind of short blurb about each of the characters. Um Hunter, the de facto leader of the group, his honed tracking skills and fierce combat make him a formidable force on the battlefield. 
And uh, I think a lot of these, you know, blurbs are kind of, they're, they're great uh, uh, to kind of get a brief insight into the character. But I think kind of watching the show gives you even more depth as to kind of how each of these characters grow. And I think I would probably say Hunter along with Omega. And I would even throw Crosshair in this group of characters are the ones that experience the most. I don't know if I'll call it growth because I don't know if within the case of Crosshair, it's always positive. Yeah. But but change that change, is influential yeah. to how they operate as a character. The Delta is very wide with yeah. Uh, Crosshair. Yeah. Sometimes it might be a negative Delta. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, do you, did you have any other thoughts on Hunter before we move on to our oh boy Rika? He looks like Rambo. I mean, that's pretty cool too. <laughs> yeah, honestly, that's probably the the character design for for Hunter too. It's just good old uh, Sylvester Stallone running through the jungles of I don't know. I've actually only seen the first Rambo. Have you ever seen? I've definitely any seen of the other all ones? of them. I've definitely seen all of them. But have I you really? I couldn't tell you. They're all exactly the same. I feel like. <laughs> Lots of guns. So, somehow, yeah. Rambo has returned. Lots of guns, lots of biceps. I mean, that's pretty much yeah. it. What else? What else do you need from a Rambo movie? You know. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I guess I guess something else we could touch on briefly with each character um, is kind of if we have any expectations for them mm. in season three. I, I, and maybe this could be like a the final closing point for each character that we make. Um, Mainly, will they just be around at the end of yeah. season three yeah, as, as part of yep. as as part of kind of you know what we expect for them in the season? And so, I would expect Hunter to to be here throughout the season. Certainly, you know, be the one that's leading the charge, trying to get Omega back. I I personally see him alive at the end of the season, mm-hmm. and I know there's a lot of people that think none of the Bad Batch is going to be right, alive yeah. at the end of this. So, I I really. Hope that's not the case personally. I'd like to see them in future stories, maybe post this timeline, but that remains to be seen. I, I just I, I think I think I want to have a meaningful moment of connection between him and Omega where mm-hmm. it really feels like that reuniting of father and daughter. I think that's what I'm most looking forward to with him in season three. Yeah, early early poll uh results from Twitter. Um, I, I already did put out a, a question. If, oh, nice. If, if uh, people will... Uh, Voting on it people, right now. If people think that they will be surviving. A whopping 70% think they won't be surviving out of season actually, three. I actually did see that, that we had posted this already. And I think I voted for it. Yes. And then when I saw that the response was majority no, I was like, what? Yeah, no. that's wild. That's wild Star Wars fans. So I mean, I, I I'm with you. I, I hope that he makes it all the way through. If if and this is kind of you know I'm, I'm going to spoil the entire thing for like all of them. I think it's him and Omega at the end, and just him and Omega. Just, just him and Omega at the end. So that's oh, that's man. that's my my thought of how it ends. I, I mean, don't get me wrong. A tech death, which we've already experienced, was emotional. Or, or an echo and an echo death. And a crosshair death would be emotional. Can you? I cannot imagine them getting rid of Wrecker. I, he I is know. such a lovable character. I, I don't. Know. I don't but know. He he would be like the one that like saved her at the end. Like that's how I I would see that. You know. Like yeah. It was up to him. It was either her or him, and he sacrificed one last time for her. Yeah. I guess speaking of Wrecker, should we just kind of transition into talking yeah, about him? Yeah. yeah. Um, Rika. As Rekha. Omega Rekha. calls him, uh, an incredibly strong and true warrior, but also possesses an incredible amount of heart and care for his family and friends. I do, th- I do think this is probably, <clears throat> and I love Wrecker too. I think this is probably the most likable character of the group. Um, kind of, I kind of most... like him. Look at, look at that. <laughs> I saw you squinting. I was like, <laughs> I was like, what are you doing? <laughs> Trying to try to trying to look like him right there. Look like Wrecker a little bit. <laughs> um, yeah, I would say he's definitely the most lovable character of the group, and I think he he has that you know uh, that that prototype of being a uh, like a teddy bear who is like a teddy bear on the inside but rough and rugged on the outside sort of thing. 
I, I, I think he is incredibly lovable, a softy on the inside who, while he is a physical powerhouse, it's the moments where, like, some of my favorite Wrecker moments are when he and Omega start their tradition after the missions. They go and eat that, like, I don't oh, remember yeah. what they call it, like the, the kettle corn stuff or something mm -hmm. like that, that For they sure. end up charging to Sid's tab and, you know, get one after every mission or something like that. It's It's the fun bonding moments that really create Hunter is to Omega as father is to daughter, but Wrecker is to Omega as big brother is to Absolutely. little sister. And, and it's such a playful, fun relationship, these two. Um, like, while you need the relationship of, of Hunter and Omega, the, the amusement and the fun that comes from the Wrecker-Omega relationship is, is really, I think, pleasing to see as part of this show. And especially because in the moments like like we were talking about the episode where they get the, their inhibitor chips taken out. Like there's a moment where she's like looking at him as he's being controlled by this thing saying like, Rebecca, yeah. I'm your friend. Oh my gosh. And my heart. Yeah. It's, it's uh, honestly, each of the bad members of the bad batch, you kind of look at them after the first four or five episodes of this show through the lens of their relationship with Omega. Mm -hmm. um, which you know, when I first met Omega in the show, I was like, ah, I don't know how I feel about the character. Mm -hmm. But she definitely grows on you as you watch it, and especially because you <clears throat> kind of see the char other characters through through the lens of their relationship with her. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and yeah. the where you saw Hunt, the, the the kind of growth you saw from Hunter and from uh, Crosshair and Omega with 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 Wrecker, he was pretty solid throughout. You know, where as far as there wasn't any truly growing moments, I mean, maybe into the role of the big brother, kind of as you mentioned. But other than that, he was he's the kind of guy that is solid for you. He's there for you, you know, and, you know, everyone's got that friend where, you know, you could just depend on, you know, you can call up Wrecker and he'll be there either with jumper cables or, um, you know, just a ride. You know, th this is Wrecker. You know, this this is who we're talking about. So, uh, I so there's no real need to grow this character. You know, too much. I mean, yeah, he's silly and he's fun and that type of thing. But you know, even in the description, they talk about his heart. You know, the heart mm -hmm. that he has is is one of his greatest assets. And there's no need to really change that. Because of it, you know, when you've got somebody like Hunter, when you, you know, he has to learn to lead in a certain way, or as, uh, obviously with Crosshair through the the conflicts and things that he has to go through. But with someone like Wrecker, again, he is solid for a reason. Because although all the things, all the people around him are changing, growing, or moving away, you got to have like a center. You know, you have to have a center of you know where um, of the group, the glue, if you will. And I think that's mm -hmm. that's him. I think he is the glue. That keeps them together because, you know, even when you know, I could I could think of moments with like whether whether it was Tech or Echo or whoever, um, they know that they can depend on you know with uh, uh on Wrecker. So, I I feel that's his role with the crew, and um, I I I hope I would love for him to make it out, but like I said, I, I there's, and we'll talk about Tech in a little bit here, but the the way that they set a precedence with Tech that mm. they they may not make it you know that th that is a possibility now once once you once you open that door the you know all of a sudden it, it's a, it's a game changer for for the rest of the the crew i i think as we so as we transition into tech i'm going to take the super optimist point of view i think they all make it to the okay. end and i think tech is not dead okay is that is that a hot take? I mean, that's definitely a hot take, but I mean, <laughs> we, we it's it wouldn't be the first time that we've seen. So, I mean, even within this crew, Echo, we thought was dead, you know. Right. So yeah. I mean, the, 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 this would not be the craziest thing, but right. And right. I would not be mad about it. I'll be honest. Yeah, yeah. Like like you said, the same thing happens with Echo. I mean, for those that haven't seen the Clone Wars, there's an explosion, um, and it's it's heavily implied that Echo was killed in the explosion and you later learn that he was being, uh, that he was captured and being tortured that whole time. And then you, you know, you see him in Bad Batch, he comes back. So anything can happen. 
Um, and, and we talked a little bit when it came to Wrecker about mm -hmm. the lovability of the character. If if Wrecker is the most lovable character, I would argue Tech is the second most lovable. <laughs> yeah. uh, because he has this element of kind of social awkwardness. Like, he's so intelligent. He's so brilliant. He is the one who, you know, navigates them through plans by, you know, allowing them to understand what the steps of the operation are going to be, whether it's, you know, hacking a computer or, or like, having them scientifically understand what they need to do. It's really the stuff that Tech doesn't say or perhaps the way he says things that makes me endeared to the uh, endeared to the character cuz you know it's just he's so blunt but he's not saying it to be mean it's just like that's kind of who he is and right. i i find humor in that personally um i think there is a sort of a sweetness to that that he that he's lacks social awareness but he you know kind of has the ability to be um this this loving figure in a way that is not overtly loving Right. You know, he just he's just a member of the crew who does what he needs to do. He's socially unaware, and that's why I, I like him so much. And he kind of has that weird arc in season two where um he and Fee are kind of like a thing, but not a thing. You're not right. really sure. <clears throat> right. She calls him um no, Sid calls him goggles. What is brown she eyes? Then he's called brown eyes. Brown eyes, yeah, yeah, yeah. yes, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where was that so. trivia question? God <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't have got it. <laughs> My my trivia knowledge, as we all know, is uh, in in the toilet at this point. But yeah, Tech, a, a very important asset for the Republic due to his increased mental aptitude. And he plans out incredible strategies for the team as an expert in military tactics. My guy, Tech. I think he's, I think he's alive. Comment down below if you're watching the video version of the podcast, if you think Tech is alive or not. But I, I, I think they're going to bring him back. I don't think he's gone for good yet. I know, I know, Joey. Are you? Do you have the feeling that he is? I'm. Not, I'm that he is gone for good. No, I'm. I'm going to be. I am. Here, okay, here's my two route, routes here. Right. Uh -huh. I I will be cautiously optimistic that he comes back, but obviously, if they bring him back, he's not dying again. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, they mm. they wouldn't do that. So, I think. I would love to see him come back. Well, my one of the my favorite things about this character in tech is that he is like he feels like very different from even this crew, you know, because of his uh, the way he talks, the way he um commu is able to communicate, very analytical, very very C three PO. This reminds me. Yeah, I mean, you you even look at like just him him. You know, there's a there's a photo of him here on the on the podcast just kind of has that like robotic type of look you know where it's supposed to be you know very much more like a protocol droid than an actual person so i i think the um i think it's cool that they include him in in such a different way mm. um and they the, he is presented in such a different way from everyone else because that's how like people are you know how so there, there's some kid, there's some people, some fans who truly, really identify with this character, uh, because maybe because of the social awkwardness, maybe because of uh, maybe they understand things in the you know and and how they they their brain works, but they're unable to, you know, say it you know exactly like how everyone else says it you know, and but so so I think that's the, what's the coolest thing about this character is that. It brings in such a, such a realistic view on like people, you know. Although although these are all like different clones, you know, they're all clones, and by definition, clones are kind of like all the same, right? I, I think he kind of stands above the most, uh, uh, stands away from the other ones the most mm. because of the way he communicates and stuff like that. So, um, one of my favorite characters for sure was very very sad. If you go look, watch back the episode, uh, the reaction of when he did not make it from uh <clears throat> out of the episode we were both pretty visibly shook that that even happened so um and again that you know just as i said when i was talking about wrecker again opens the door to you know the possibility that all the characters don't make it out of, of the season you know so does that mean everybody doesn't make it i don't know apparently 70% of the people on twitter think they don't but <laughs> i think the the 
the possibility is there now. Um, but as a character tech, definitely one of my favorites. Um, I don't necessarily see myself in tech. Um, I like to think I'm analytical, you know, but the way that, I mean, this is definitely someone's Star Wars right here. This, this character right here, mm. they they see themselves in, and I, and I love that. Yeah, yeah, I think that is the cool part about just the Bad Batch. They're all so different that I think no matter who you are watching, it's easy to find yourself in elements of at least one of them. Uh, and, and I would I would say I definitely see a, a little bit of myself in tech. Um, I don't know what it means that I see probably most of myself in Crosshair, but <laughs> right? But but uh, he'll be one we talk about here in a second. So, um, I guess next up we had Echo, uh, and Echo is a character who is interesting because he's the only non-mutant member of the Bad Batch, and that he is not technically an altered uh, clone. He is originally a member of the Five O First which I actually did not know until recently. I mean, I, I had known at some point in the past, and then you and I watched something together before today's pod to refresh our memory, and I was like, oh, yeah, he was a member of the 501st. Um, thought to be dead in an explosion, but ended up being taken uh, and was tortured by the Techno Union and is now, as a result of sort of that time, he is half machine, half man. He's got this sort of arm thing that allows him to Kind of, you know, how R2 does in the original trilogy mm -hmm. where he uses it for some of the Death Star stuff. Uh, Tech can do that, or excuse me, Echo can do that with his with his arm of sorts now. Uh, Echo is equipped with technological advancements. This former clone commander is now able to plug into any network or communication outpost, providing incredible intelligence for his new team. I will say Tech, or I keep saying Tech instead of Echo. <laughs> um, Echo is one of the characters that I think probably has received the least attention of the uh, Bad Batch mm -hmm. crew. I feel like that would at least be fair to say. Uh, and maybe it's not because, you know, he doesn't have as much of a role in the show, just as it is his story has somewhat been told in previous shows. Mm -hmm. I don't know. He's definitely a member of the crew, and you get the sense that he is. But a lot of the times it doesn't feel like he has the same meaningful connection to the story that a lot of the other characters do right especially when it comes to omega like there's this father-daughter dynamic with hunter there's this brother-sister dynamic with wrecker even towards the last few episodes uh before tech's death or you know if he is actually dead um you did see this kind of bond being explored between uh tech and omega that was kind of hinting at maybe something is going to happen Right. Uh, happened to to tech or to uh yeah to tech. But anyways, I would say Echo is a character who we probably have explored the least of the members of the Bad Batch, but I would love to see more from and I love the way he interacts with Rex as well in, in this show. Mm -hmm. That's uh kind of a fun reunion we got to see at, at this <clears> point. <throat> or at I think it was back in season one of <clears throat> Bad Batch, but right. Uh what are your what are your thoughts on on Echo as a as a character? Yeah, I think with the amount of you know exposure we've gotten to to this character in Echo before the Bad Batch, I think although he belong, I I feel he belongs to this crew because I, I I'd have to remember how they kind of took him into the crew, but I I you know it was like he chose the crew to go to if I'm not mistaken at some point because they were they were trying to um. I forgot the the story, but either way, I think he he's a good fit for the crew. But just like you said, it, it there wasn't a ton of storylines I don't remember that really focus around him. Um, and not to say that we we, we wouldn't want more, but he is uh, you know just like whenever we do our our drafts, right, mm -hmm. or you know our favorite picks or whatever. There's always going to be one that kind of keeps falling down the, the the ladder, you know. And I feel like Echo is the one in this crew just because we didn't know anything about the rest of the the crew you know especially when you've got someone like omega where there's a completely new character and we know nothing about her and she's a child and you know you know it's going to be the main focus but eventually there's going to be somebody who's going to unfortunately fall down the ladder a little bit you know one by one and i think echo is that character now 
what he brings to the crew is very valuable. I mean, he's a he's a droid without being a droid, you know. Um, mm-hmm. Is able to you know fight and all this all, all these great skill skill sets, but at the same time, you know, when you when you look at a crew and there's a droid on the crew, the droid is kind of like secondary. He's like a utility to the crew, you know, mm-hmm. and maybe that's kind of what we're seeing in Echo here as well. Yeah, I think I think that's a pretty fair assessment. I would say, um, and I I also think it's I would say that Echo makes it out of season three and the finale. Um, I I think after everything he's been through, like kind of the True. same rationale with with tech that you were talking about earlier, like bringing someone back from the dead, quote unquote, only to have them not make it in the end again, doesn't feel very bad batch like or, mm-hmm. or just like star wars animation i guess not that they couldn't do it but i i definitely see echo making it out of the show um having said that i think the candidate for probably most likely to not make it out of the show i would argue is crosshair <laughs> um which saddens yeah. me because he's yeah. my favorite member of the bad batch i think a lot of people probably think about that or look, you know, hear that, and they're like, "What? He literally betrays them. You know, he tries <laughs> to kill them. Like, how can you possibly like him the most?" Uh, it's not obviously that I like those actions he's doing. I, I, you know, but I think anytime you talk about movies or TV, if there is a character that undergoes a hardship, um, whether he's in control of that or not, is not necessarily essential to the point it's trying to make. It's mm-hmm. that he eventually is going to have to overcome that. And right. so I love characters that, you know, maybe like toe the line between good and evil and eventually triumph over some thing that was impeding their way to do the right thing in the end. Like that for me is a really fun character and a really great story to hear and listen to, uh, which, you know, is always why I like the characters like that in Star Wars, the ones that are like, Am I good? Am I bad? I'm going to sort of toe the line. And and I think Crosshair is one of the best uh, examples we've had of that in Star Wars. I mean, he mm-hmm. he's a skilled sharpshooter, a great marksman, rarely misses his target. Um, and he's, <clears throat> excuse me, he's the only member of the Bad Batch who's overcome by Order 66. But again, he's a great character, and that's um, why I love him. I think my favorite Bad Batch episode, um, I there was a few episodes where crosshair wasn't even in the show Mm -hmm. and i was like dang i really want to hear from crosshair again i don't know where he is and then there's this episode where in the three minute synopsis i gave i talked about it very briefly earlier where it's him and uh mayday this other guy they've been tasked with retrieving cargo and uh during this task they're in this blizzard and mayday is injured and crosshair is like carrying him back to base and there's this really just bratty Lieutenant Nolan who is like, leave him, just let him die. You know, he, it's not worth it. And in that moment, Crosshair almost breaks a little bit back towards where he initially was with the Bad Batch. And he's like, no, this clone's life does have meaning. Mm-hmm. And literally just decides to, you know, shoot this annoying uh, right. Lieutenant Nolan who is probably the most... I don't know about the most villainous, but the character who I found to be the most annoying in the show. Yeah. <laughs> I was Always like, one. all right, good, good riddance, good riddance, Lieutenant Nolan. So that was my favorite episode of Bad Batch so far. Uh, and I think not only because it involved my favorite character, but but because it was the culmination of everything you've been seeing with Crosshair's, you know, wrestling with this stuff inside of himself for the past like season and a half at that point. So I love I love me some Crosshair. <laughs> that, that you do. And, you know, to, to your point earlier, you know, he's going to be like, what is a, um, is it a sine wave? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it goes up and down over the, uh, over the axis that this is, that's going to be, that's crosshair, you know? Mm-hmm. And you mentioned it time and time again, those types of characters are always going to be the most interesting because, mm-hmm. and kind of drive the story in a certain, you know, in a way. Because if it was just the Bad Batch doing missions and, and things like that, okay, that you know that's a storyline. But you have this whole other side with Crosshair's story and what is going to happen with him 
Is he going to rejoin the Bad Batch? Is he going to side with the Empire? What you know? What's going to be the end goal? Of course, you know you would like to see him, of course, be back with the Bad Batch with Omega and everybody. But up, up until this point, we'll you know we'll find out. So, <clears throat> and I think that you know we'll talk a little bit more about the episodes and what we're kind of expecting from everything. But at some point, you know, they they all will be back together. You know, you you would assume. Mm-hmm. And to your point earlier. Does he make it out of this one? Probably the candidate that, you know, the highest, the most elected, you know, like uh, uh, votes for to get offed by the end of the, the season, unfortunately. But just because of all the things that he's done. And I was actually watching the, the first episode of uh, uh, season one where he was trying to go after uh, Kanan or Caleb Doom. And I'm like, yeah. oh, my gosh, this, this dude is just out of control, you know. Of course, knowing later that you know what 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 had happened with uh, Order sixty six, but either way, I think Crosshair definitely brings a lot of interest into the show itself. And even when they they were separated, when they would be a couple episodes of the Bad Batch and then one episode of him, and you know, those he's able to carry those episodes. You know, so that's that's why the character is so important, or that's you know that shows that the character is so important because. He's able to, you know, have his own completely own episode on his own and um, and have it be really interesting. And like you said, be your favorite episode of Bad Batch. You know, so it's it's definitely he's definitely worth a, a ton to this to this crew. And I, I can't wait to see how they kind of reconcile everything together. Yeah, me too. And I think, honestly, at this point, it's worth noting in season three. I mean, he's captured. He's like kind of with them now. Yeah. Even though he's not physically with them, like as soon as they are to rescue him, I would it's kind of just assume that he's gonna be integrated back into the squad, mm-hmm. especially considering he warned them about the Empire coming right. after Omega. So um yeah, looking forward to seeing more crosshair. I hope this guy makes it to the end of season three, <laughs> yeah. although like you said, probably the most likely candidate to make a sacrifice of himself at some point and in the uh, season three finale, perhaps. So we will uh, we will anxiously await that in season three. And then, of course, who could forget Omega? Omega. The, uh, the young female clone who proves to be the heart of the squad. Um, she is the first female clone of Django Fett, as best as I understand it. Um, she is also an unaltered Clone, so she so she does not age fast like the other clones do. Uh, she is both insightful and compassionate. She's really the you know moral voice of reason oftentimes in in these early missions uh, that the Bad Batch goes on together, and as well as some of the missions in season two. I, I would add um, the the major thing I wanted to bring up with Omega, and th- maybe this is a whole another area of conversation. But she's obviously a very desirable target for the Empire, especially at the end of Season 2. Um, is Omega... I think this may have been a discussion around the time the show, uh, Season 2, came out. Is Omega Force-sensitive? Hmm. Because, you know, there's, there's, there's lots of theories out there that are speculating. Part of the reason why she's so important is because there may be a Force-sensitivity component where she would be the first clone to ever be Force-sensitive. Um, and that, you know, if you're talking like expanded universe stuff, that has all kinds of implications for like Palpatine cloning himself and stuff like that. So um, as a character, Omega is obviously vital to this show. She's the one that makes the show go. Um, she really transforms the other characters as a result of who she is as a character. And so having said all of that and leaving that question on the table of kind of what if she is force sensitive, First of all, is she? And if she is, what does that mean for the show? Um, what are your thoughts on Omega heading into the last season of The Bad Batch? <clears throat> so you blew my mind with the Force sensitivity beat uh, a bit. Um, <laughs> beat. I sound like her now. Um, <laughs> I that would be something else, especially because we've seen in in the recent past with Sabine, you know, kind of you know showing her Force sense you know, being how showing her how she's force sensitive and <clears throat> I would be interested in seeing how, if they would bring that in right now. And if that was something that we saw early on, and I don't remember if we've seen any types of clues or 
any hints that to, to that be the case where she is force sensitive. Um, but no, that would be very cool if that was a possibility. But the character of Omega, definitely a, a favorite. I, you know, you, I was kind of in the same boat as you as I'm like, I'm not sure exactly how this is all going to work. You know, you've got the clones, you've got the kid. How, how are we going to be able to get through all of this? You know, and, um, but they did a, such a good job at, you know, showing how they become a family. It reminds me a lot of like Rebels. You know, remember when yeah. Rebels, that was like, I mean, they came out of the gate with that one. Where they they were kind of already a family, then Ezra came in and kind of you know whatever, but with with this with the Bad Batch, I think Omega made this family. You know, it was it was Clone Force ninety nine, a bunch of clones just being clones, <laughs> in the clone kind of way. You know, um, even in that first episode, they were like, um, the very first episode of the series. I forget. Oh, it was Kanan that went to go get him originally, and they the and whoever the commanding officer of the the clones were was talking with Deepa Balaba like, oh, how many did you bring? And he said only five. And then you know, so then they come in and they just kind of wipe out all the the uh, the clankers, the clankers, and um and that was just their role. That's just what they did. They were the cleanup crew. That's what they did. You bring Omega into it, and all of a sudden it's a family. Not all of a sudden, but over time, they become this family, and that's that. That's the overall, overall, overarching like theme of the show is this family that's built through, through the Bad Batch. So, uh, and it takes a very specific, very special kind of character to do that, and that character is Omega. So that that's why she's so important to not only the Bad Batch but to kind of like Star Wars, because. Yeah. That's always kind of been the theme. I mean, the Skywalker family, you know, you've got, um, now you've got the Bad Bats, the Rebels, you know. So I, I think that, you know, you, you're when you're able to bring that, um, that sense of family because of a specific character, you know that character is going to be special. So um, as much as I wasn't sure where we were going when we first started watching Bad Batch, now that we're at the end of it, I'm so happy we w- went along for the ride. Yeah, me too. I, I think a lot of people, including myself, are in that same boat of like, you know, the first episode or two with Omega, you're like, I'm not really sure about this. <laughs> right. You know, and now we get to where we are now and you really see like the implications of her role in the show, like her being an unaltered clone, potentially force sensitive. And even if she's not, you know, she clearly carries some vital information for the Empire. So she's obviously important to the scope of the show, but the then even probably more so importantly, like you said, it's really about Omega being the uh, the nucleus, if you will, of this family of of the Bad Batch members, and that she's really been able to create and further that uh, that group as a family. So it doesn't happen without Omega in this show, I would argue. But she's a great character. I'm I'm sure there's tons of implications for uh, kind of everything that's gonna you know potentially happen to Omega in season three. But leave your thoughts as well on that for what you think may be in store for Omega as we venture into the final season of this show. Um, and as, speaking of the final season of this show, we wanted to just very briefly list off some, uh, all of the episode names that are coming out within the next three months. Um, as we approach the, the one hour mark of, of this, uh, this week's episode, just real briefly, the episode names are starting with episode one, uh, confined and then paths unknown for two, Three is Shadows of Tantus. Those three will all be uh, in the premiere next week. Four is A Different Approach. Five, The Return. Six, Infiltration. Seven, Extraction. Six and seven will be shown together in the same week. Eight is Bad Territory. Nine, The Harbinger. Ten, Identity Crisis. Eleven, Point of No Return. Twelve is Juggernaut. Thirteen, Into the Breach. Fourteen, Flash Strike. And episode 15, the finale is titled The Calvary Has Arrived. Joey, uh, is there any of those that stands out to you as a significant or potentially impactful episodes just based on the title alone? <clears throat> well, we know Ventress is returning. Mm-hmm. So with the episode on March 6th of episode 5 called The Return, I would hope that that would mean her return into the Star Wars universe. So that that would be my 
and I would love it to have an early um, episode of Asajj because in, in all honesty, as much as I would love to, I can't wait to see Ventress back in animated form. I don't know what it will do for the storyline here. You know, right. I don't know what she would, what that provides. So I don't envision her being in the last half of the episodes where, where if it is truly episode five, the return kind of a perfect spot because it's, you know, it's before the two episode week um, with episode six and seven. Um, but so it, I feel like that episode might be just, just kind of like for the fans, you know, like this one's, yeah. this one's for you guys. We know how much you loved Ventress. And by the way, New Tales of the Jedi will be, have Asajj Ventress. You know, like Ooh, I feel like that if... that would be that would be kind of great. So, um, for for me, you know, as as much as we love Asajj, as we've talked about her like week after week, I think th- this that would be a good spot for her. I think it's also realistic to if she returns in Episode Five, to expect her to maybe help infiltrate and extract. Uh, Crosshair and Omega in episodes six and seven. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't, I don't think that's out of the realm of possibility. <clears throat> Maybe even somewhat likely, but I, I definitely agree with you in that. I'd be surprised if we see her continually throughout episodes eight, nine, ten, and on. Right. Um. May, you know, maybe she's in five, six, and seven, and then she comes back to help at the end for fourteen or fifteen. You know, but I, I, I don't see how Asajj can fit into this last season as a main plot point. Right. Um, are they bringing her in to kind of just excite fans for an, an another aspect? Sure. Yeah, I feel like that's fair to say. Um, are we, you know, mad about it? No. <laughs> like, bring us more Asajj. Like, I, I would love to have Asajj in every episode of this show for the sake of seeing Asajj. But I think for the sake of the show, it probably would be better if she's not in every episode. Right. And and it's I think it's pretty safe to say she's not going to be in every episode. So, um, yeah, maybe like episode five, we get to see her for the first time. Maybe even six and seven, she helps break out Crosshair mm-hmm. and Omega, and then perhaps at the end of the show as well. So that remains to be seen. But those are those are definitely the ones that stood out to me as well. I, I'm excited, uh, first of all, that we get to watch three episodes next week together. And then uh, second of all, that we get to see six and seven together on March 13th, which is going to be pretty impactful because, you know, that's probably when we see the reunification mm-hmm. of the remaining members of the Bad Batch. And maybe even Tech, if he's alive. Come on. Who knows? We got this Tech. <laughs> that's, wait, what if that's what the return is? What if, <laughs> oh, what if that's a good Tech's point. Return? That's a good point. <laughs> we'll, we'll find out in uh, about a month's time. Looking forward to watching all of those with you uh, here on the Hot Hangout channel. And we should also mention we briefly previewed it at the beginning of today's episode, but the viewer question for this week is will Clone Force 99 survive until the end or past the end of season three of The Bad Batch? Let us know your thoughts down in the comments of the video version of the podcast or or over on any of the socials or via email, hothangout at gmail.com, your response to uh, if you think The Bad Batch will survive the end of the season. Let us know. Which brings us to uh, next week's episode. We are covering the premiere of The Bad Batch. We're going to be talking episode one, episode two, and episode three. It's going to be a lot to break down and discuss. It might be, I imagine, at least a 70-minute episode next week, potentially, (laughs) if we're lucky. Um, Joey and I used to do, like, 90-minute episodes on one episode of Andor. So (laughs) um, we'll try to condense three episodes. We're getting better, I promise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it'll probably be like at least a 60, probably 70 minute episode next week. So be on the lookout for that. We're going to be covering all things Bad Batch premiere. Uh, and I mentioned at the top of the podcast that the podcast, at least for next week and probably for the next 12 weeks or so while this show is running, will be coming out on Friday rather than Thursday. Um, if that changes, we'll let you know in next week's podcast. But definitely for next week, the podcast will be available at 11 a.m. Eastern on Friday rather than 11 a.m. Eastern on Thursday. And our reaction to the premiere will be available on the Hoth Hangout YouTube channel um, as late as Thursday morning, but as early as late Wednesday night. So um, two videos coming next week, one podcast coming next week. 
as usual. Uh, be on the lookout for both of those. We're excited to be covering it all. It's officially less than a week away. Uh, Joey, you got any final thoughts on Bad Batch oh stuff before we sign off? <clears throat> I forgot. I mean, we, we've gone through a lot of Star Wars together, Ben. You know, and mm-hmm. um, in the... I guess we're coming up on a couple years now, right? Um, yeah. Toward, yeah. Yeah, we're, <clears throat> we're in into our, our second year here. So um, lots of Star Wars to have discussed to mm-hmm. watch together. Uh, Bad Batch, for me, has been probably one of the more surprising ones uh, to be as enjoyable as it's been. And, and uh, to I mean, th- we're going to close this one out together, too. So this is going to be, uh, I think, one of our first closeout ones as far as the series is concerned. Yeah. Um, true. So yeah, it's 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 we're excited. Um, I don't know what to expect out of the season. We watched the trailer together, uh, you know, just before the the recording today. So it was definitely there's a lot of excitement coming around, and I, I I'm still kind of shocked that it's happening so soon because they really dropped it on all like that, and then like just a month or so later, we we're gonna get the episode. So we're gonna have some fun, and uh, can't wait for the next three months of Star Wars. Me too. Well, uh, we'll be here in less than seven days to cover it all. Uh, As a final brief reminder, if you are not yet subscribed to the Hoth Hangout podcast, you can check us out for the video version of the podcast over on YouTube, as well as all of our weekly reactions to Bad Batch episodes and other Star Wars shows as they come out over on in video format on the YouTube channel as well. Additionally, you can contact us via Hoth Hangout or via email at hothhangout at gmail.com with your Star Wars related questions thoughts or comments or otherwise we'd love to showcase them here on the podcast and cover them as well you can find the hot hangout podcast anywhere you get your pods including spotify and apple and if you're listening on any platform that allows you to leave a five-star review uh, leave a five-star review we would appreciate it very much and it allows the podcast to be more easily discovered by other people as well the hot hangout podcast is fine or the hot hangout uh, socials channels are findable on instagram tiktok and x Again, that's at Hoth Hangout for each of those. Man, Joey, I am super excited to watch this with you next week. We're officially less than a week away, and yes. uh, I'm looking forward to it, man. Yep, it's going to be, like I said, I hope it's not going to be heartbreaking at the end of the series, but uh, 70% of the people think that it's going to be, so <laughs> we'll see if they're right. Ooh, man, I don't know. I don't know. I'm excited, though. Shout out to George Lucas. Shout out to Dave Filoni. Shout out to my boy Crosshair, too, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> uh, thank you to Gibbo for producing the Hot Hangout podcast, the videos, the assets, and for being the wrecka of our crew. And uh, shout out to Joey for uh, producing today's episode of the Hot Hangout podcast. Uh, dude, this this was like super seamless. I was, I was like, <laughs> man, killing it on the. I'm, on the I'm getting a little better. I'm getting, I'm, I've been watching Gibbo. I'm getting a little better. There you go. There you go. Uh, Well, we appreciate you all for listening to episode 69 of the podcast. Tune in next week for episode 70, as well as our reaction to the premiere of The Bad Batch. And until then, thank you for listening to this one. We appreciate each and every single one of you so very much. And we'll catch you next week for the premiere of season three of The Bad Batch. And until then, thanks again for listening. And may the force be with you.